Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, happy Friday, July 1, 2022. And this is the 4th of July weekend, actually, since the 4th is on Monday. So I'm going to say happy 4th of July to you now, since I won't see you till after that. Got my patriotic tie on and... These are amazing days. God is on the move. I, we are not in, in a decline, as some people think, but we are about ready to burst out as a country, as, as a nation, and as the body of Christ on the earth, and, and many of God's uh, sheep nations, uh, which are the good guys, are really going to explode onto the scene with righteousness. And God just has uh, so many inventions and healings, and uh, even healing, um, healing inventions, for lack of a better word, cures, are going to become available very, very soon. Things that have been suppressed um, uh, for a long time are going to be brought to the fore as uh, as things related to big pharma are brought also to the fore, and some people pay the price for for um, bad medicine. I'll just put it that way. So, all right, I want to remind you once in a while about the fresh water wells that you are helping us dig in in Uganda. Uh, we we're I think we're uh, well number 29 and then this next 30 days it's six more wells i'm often reminded of when, I, when jesus said even if you give so much as a cup of cold water to even one of these little ones you will surely not lose your reward in heaven so and and i think it was not lose your reward it, it's basically a in heaven and on earth i mean we feel the rewards of god and his favor now because of doing that and yet you are the ones that are doing it not us we're getting the administration part of it done you're the ones that are bringing the money, and and let me just assure you that a significant portion of what you give to this ministry goes back out to dig more fresh water wells. And many of you have heard we're still working on some things in the U.S. as well, but we're not ready to make those announcements yet. Till we kind of it's taken us a while to get some of the pieces falling in together, but it's looking good here too. Anyway, thank you so much for your donations. At the very end of this program, there's another slide that you can copy down the address if you want to mail a check or or whatever, but. Um, when you do that, be sure and, and remind God. He likes to be reminded of his promises. Remind him of his promises. Say, Lord, you said you'd give uh, rewards both in heaven and on earth. So I'm giving this to Elijah's dreams. And, and I know they're going to uh, drill freshwater wells in Uganda. Praises will go out to you from that. And would you remember us and uh, show us favor in our lives as well? And he will respond to that. So, all right, it's time to bring on Nathan French. Here we go. Nathan, my friend, how are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you? Doing good. So you are in uh, good to see you. you're actually home this time. You're usually on the road somewhere. I'm I'm yeah, I just I was in Minnesota um speaking in a conference and then I came back and um I've been just getting a little rest and I'm sure I'll be sent out again soon. So I'm just yeah. enjoying myself here at home. Yeah, you must be your how uh you 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 and your wife go different places. Does she sometimes travel with you on these trips? Yeah, do you know, together? she just went she was just a part of a, a women's conference down uh in in near the border okay. by Oregon. Uh so you know, she, she does stuff, I do stuff. She did a, a really amazing job um with her Bloom conference. And she'll be doing that again soon. And it was just an incredible thing. She rented out a beautiful facility in North Tacoma and brought all these ladies together in this fancy oh. 
hotel and just pampered them and loved on them. They did these gift bags and the girls are just blessed. I snuck over there just to peek in just because it's her first one. And I thought I better go see how it's going. It was just packed with women and they were crying and laughing and shouting and praising. And, you know, they had multiple sessions. It just went really, really well. Um, So I was, I was impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Well, I have met your wife. She's very, very charming. And I thought, boy, what a neat couple. I met her when she you came with together in Bend, I think yes. last year. So that's Passover. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get together some more. So well, yeah. Nathan, you got some stuff on your mind about. Um, um, by the way, I, I haven't asked you about this about the fourth, but um, so I'm springing this on you. Has the Lord told you anything about this Independence Day being any different than any others, or what? You yeah. know, this question was well, coming. So he didn't speak to me specifically about it. Um, I just feel I feel a lot of optimism in my spirit. Um, I, I watch some news, but I I try not to watch too much news yeah. because of all the misinformation on there. But I do like to practice discerning truth from lies. And you know, I I feel like things are gonna start flipping around really soon. He keeps um, showing me. Uh, what he's what he's planning to do in in individual people and how that impacts households and how households impact cities, uh, you know, neighborhoods, cities and then regions. And then so he breaks it down in these kind of like quadrants, you know, it's like he's yeah. like a person on fire impacts their house, uh, a house on fire impacts the neighborhood, a neighbor on on fire for God, you know, committed to serving him. Uh, will impact, you know, the whole city, then the region, then the state, and every state has an impact. Uh, there's like a ripple effect, you know, to what we do. And I think where people get disheartened is if they feel like there's no hope or they feel like that their action isn't enough or it's not working. Um, but the reality is, is every time we pray and believe, declare and decree, move in faith, uh, respond to God, He is so faithful to use what we bring and maximize it. And I feel like that's what he's doing with his people is, and it really goes back to the secret place. If everybody gets to the secret place, how can you be discouraged? You can't, you can't be discouraged if you're listening to good news and Jesus. Now there's there's brand new people, brand new people. uh, And they're going, okay, I just heard him say the secret place. I have no idea what he's talking about. So you do a little mini teaching about what, what you mean by that. Just so they, yeah. Well, when I say secret place, I just mean coming to be with God. Uh, You know, there's a scripture that says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And because he's the source of wisdom, his infinite wisdom, like he starts as the beginning and the end, uh, he starts with the end in mind. So obviously he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, He has a timeline. Everything's already measured out in in the spirit realm. And because he knows what he's doing, he knows where we're at. He knows what choices people are going to make, but he's gracious and he's kind. And he gives us the ability to choose for ourselves. And when we get quiet with him as a friend that sticks close to the brother, we just get quiet, begin to engage God. Lord, how are you? You know, is there anything you want to show me? Is there anything you want to say? Anything you want me to do? Thank you for what you've done. And you just having a conversation with your friend, you begin to tap into hearing his voice and he just sparks this entheos. So you get enthusiastic and from that godly enthusiasm and the words that he speaks, he actually causes us to feel that just that safety of his presence. And when you can experience life in the presence that comes from being intimate with him and the reverential fear of God that causes us to draw near to him, not to be afraid of him, because then we would move away from him. Uh, even though we're prone to wander, you know, it's like the, the Lord is constantly trying to get our attention. 
You know what I mean? Whether it be yeah. through circumstances or current events in the world, he's constantly he's like, hey, I'm over here, you know, and don't don't let the thing that I just did, the breakthrough I just gave you be a distraction from from me. You know, it's like, so come back can, to me. Let me ask this. So if God is God and Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he's very, 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 very busy all throughout the earth. Are you saying to the individual listening that he misses it if that one right there or that person over there isn't tapping in and that he'll miss that amidst all of his busyness? He just, you know, he can do everything all at once. He's God. He's infinite. He's wise. He, he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. I mean, he's everywhere at the same time. It's an amazing thing mm-hmm. um, that he can you know, care about what every single individual is experiencing, is feeling, what they've gone through, where they've been, where they are now. And, you know, I sent, I sense that the spirit of God, you know, uh, you know, in the Bible, when it said in the beginning was the word and, and the spirit had was hovering over the deep. So the Holy Spirit was literally hovering over the deep, but it wasn't until the word of the Lord, Jesus uh, spoke things and said, let it be, uh, let it be, you know, that there be expanse between land and sea. And anyway, if you you look at that in the in the first book of the bible you'll start to realize how not only did he speak everything into existence and make us in his likeness for relationship with him um, but he's it shows there his creative power and then he it, if you read further even in the book of james he then put that same creation by the holy spirit when we receive christ uh, and we receive the spirit of christ the baptism of of, of fire and, and the holy spirit causes there to be this godly unction where you begin to see what he sees hear what he says and my goodness you get shielded in faith so you're not prone to the fears of the world because the ways of the world um obviously are are fleeting but god's kingdom is built it's already established and and what he wants to do is just participate have us participate with him who has it all figured out and when we do that there's a yield uh, that causes us to engage uh, him and then he begins to just fill us, you know, mm. with his truth and empower us from the inside out to recognize that nothing really is impossible. Yeah, as I grew up, it was very common uh, when we would um, dabble in the areas about how much God cares about everything, what you wear, what you yeah, what do you want to talk with him about anything you want to talk. I would hear people say, but he's got a lot bigger problems. So I began to explore that with the Lord. Um, you know, they'd say he's got a lot more things to be worried about than my little thing. And so God began to show me in a, the vision of my mind. He'd say that on a given day, for instance, in the same hospital, <laughs> in, in delivery rooms next to each other, one might be stillborn. There'd be a, he'll weep with those who weep and he'll be there as comfort. Next, in the next delivery room over, he'll rejoice with she who rejoices. And next town over, there's a little boy praying for a, a red bicycle that God cares about, a little tricycle even. A little girl wants this specific kind of dolly. And then there's someone over there in Iran that's being oppressed. And so God is equally involved with each and every one of them at the same exact moment, right? Absolutely. Like he can do it all at once. That's what yeah. makes him so amazing. And I, was, and I love that about him, that he he loves when we engage him. Yeah. He's not going to barge down our door to try to get our attention. But a lot of times, you know, he's, he woos us. He's like, yeah. he's like beloved, or he'll say, remember me, or he'll say, um, you know, Nathan, you know, he'll call my name. And then I'm like, Oh yes, Lord. Sorry. I was so distracted. <laughs> I was so distracted with my project. I forgot to be with you in doing it. 
Yeah. And so even the things that we do as ministers of the gospel, the things we do for God can oftentimes become an idol. And so we have to watch and make sure that he is um, the center focus to really everything yeah. that we do. And, and, and that when, keeps it in balance. When you say, I'm going to ask you this because um, we haven't even started on our notes specifically, but um, you, when you say, sorry, Lord, and you realize you were distracted, you're not meaning, are you, that you're now guilt-ridden, that you've sinned, that you were not paying attention to God, right? This not that sorry doesn't mean no, it's no. Awesome. How it's, would you it's describe more, it? it? It's kind of like a confession, you know. A confession is like an acknowledgement. You know what? I acknowledge that I was not seeking first the kingdom of God. Yeah, I wasn't seeking you, Lord. I'm sorry. I've been so distracted, and then I just go right back into a conversation. There I know He go. forgives us. You know, yeah. he, he forgave us in advance, right? He, yeah. as we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and then you know yeah. His forgiveness was already extended to us. But then, you know, if you miss it or if you do something that's not the right thing, and you reckon. It that's called the conviction of the Holy yeah. Spirit, and to confess sin, we're we're then cleansed from all unrighteousness. And sometimes, just a simple, you know what, Lord, I know that's not who I am. That thing I did, that's not who I am. Now you're not being defined by your failure. Instead, yeah. you're being sparked in the revelation. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm righteous. I'm a child of God, and I'm an ambassador that is chosen of Him to do great things on the earth that will give Him glory. Okay. Now I want to make one other point too, and, and ask this. Um, so when I receive Christ, they'd say they said, "Would you like to receive Christ as your?" personal savior well yeah back then they just said would you like to see christ as your personal savior and you would yes well then they'd say pray this prayer but then i didn't we didn't necessarily realize when they said personal they literally god really means no no i don't mean i'm not a personal savior i'm your personal savior yeah. so when you say oh sorry lord you just talked as a person to the to your person the friend, the friend. yeah I, I i never saw the the personal almost in the, the same like my mentor, Wade Taylor, he's with the Lord now. He was 88, I think, when he passed. Somewhere in there. I might be off by a couple of years. But the year before, you know, we were talking. We prayed for five years every day on the phone. He on the East Coast, me on the West Coast, for five years. It was wow. a commitment we made. Uh, and one day he's praying and, and he sneezed. He just sneezed. Yeah. You know, like he goes, oh, excuse me, Lord. <laughs> and then he went on and I thought, Wait a minute! You don't have to say excuse me, and it was like sort of a. It was like a, I I loved it and didn't love it all at the same time because yeah. God doesn't care that you sneeze, but on the other hand, you cared that you sneezed, and yeah. you wanted to say excuse me if you'd say it to a person that you're sitting there. Why wouldn't you say it to the Lord? Yeah, and then I thought yeah. to me it, it drove home the point that His Savior was a personal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. felt like There's, that. It wasn't that yeah. God would say, why didn't you say, excuse me? It wasn't that. He was just demonstrating the personalness of it. Of yeah, it totally. Yeah, my anyway. dad. My dad used to sit at the meal, and he would say prayer. And sometimes he would say, "And Lord, we honor you as the unseen guest at every one of our meals." Wow. And sometimes one of the chairs would be empty, and I would say, "Here, Lord, this one's for you." <laughs> And nice. everybody kind of chuckle like I was inviting him to our table, and uh, and then and then I'd say, "Oh Lord, did you try this?" And I would laugh, you know. And but we <laughs> we <laughs> but we wanted to be mindful that He is not just in us, but He actually hangs out with us, yeah. and it's an amazing thing. I mean, I've seen uh, uh, some incredible things. I don't know if I want to talk about it today on the show, but I can tell you that there is 
Jesus is actually showing up all over the earth and revealing himself as Jesus, the person to Muslims. And they're getting saved by the tens of thousands, even the millions. Um, And I'm excited. I'll be, I'm going to do some crusades and over in uh, the Middle East and, and things coming up. And I'm excited about that and to keep people in the loop about some things that are coming up um, in other countries. But man, for Jesus to show up and that actually can happen for you. That Jesus can show up where, where you see him. Um, I've seen him multiple times by the spirit. Um, I haven't had him physically come into my home, um, but I have seen him in the spirit. And it is an incredible experience. And I believe that if you um, have faith for that to happen for you, uh, that that's really the first step to setting up an encounter like that. That's life changing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I about that thing, I haven't seen, seen the Savior. I've seen him in dreams a couple of times. It was very real. And what yeah. we're at now, where we're at now is, is angels will come and tap me on the shoulder or hit my knee. Or yes. sometimes if I'm taking a nap and I probably should be a little more doing it, I'll go. <laughs> and I mean, that, if you go back two years ago, that never happened. Now it's just a little bit more all the time. And I'm going, okay, Lord, I'm beginning to pay attention when, the, when an angel knocks me, not knocks me, just it's like, hey, buddy. You know, and usually it's a loving thing. It's not 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 any kind of condemnation ever. But uh, but yeah, I love that about God that He's getting. Yeah. More, it's not that He's becoming more and more personal. It's that He's beginning to manifest it so we can see it, which is kind of what you're saying. He's yeah, to we show were up. we we went up in the mountains. I rented a cabin in the woods. I just love being in the mountains and. Um, a lot of times, you know, just to get quiet with God, I'll just go where there's no people. You know, sometimes there's no phone signal. And um, anyway, we were, we rented a cabin. It was out by Mount Rainier uh, here in Washington. And I remember um, being there. We, we had a nice river just flowing alongside the cabin and we're having a nice fire and it's crackling and it's kind of cold out. And uh, and the guys and I were just worshiping the Lord. And as we're worshiping the Lord. Um, all of a sudden I see Jesus appear in the doorway and he comes walking into the room and I go, Oh my gosh, Jesus is in here. And as soon as I said that, like other people perceive, some people saw something in the spirit, but most people just hit the floor because it was real. It wasn't like, okay, I'm making this up. I think Jesus just came in. Like we know that he's never going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Scripturally, you can build the framework around accepting the reality of the supernatural. But anyway, it was amazing thing, you know, that we actually experienced in that moment when I saw him and I said it, and I was acknowledging, sometimes just acknowledging the realm of the spirit will actually cause the supernatural to manifest. And I've learned this over the years, but I'll tell you what, it put us all on the floor, Steve. We couldn't <laughs> even move. Uh, some people were weeping. Some people were like, we encountered God. It was the thick, tangible presence known as the glory of God. And it came in so thick and so strong that we were undone and no one could stand. And there's something about experiencing those types of encounters that cause you to never be able to stay the same because the reality of him is just so in it's so engraved in who we are and it really does change the way we view ourselves and others and life and it makes life uh, just so much more fun when you recognize yeah. that it is oh, meant man. to be an adventure yeah. you know yeah, yeah i mean i think his cat was saying the other day i think the best days are ahead of you you know yeah. there's yeah. so much i'm glad to hear you say you don't watch the news i it's amazing i've spent a year and a half with hardly any news i mean i see it come by when I'm on the internet, you know, I'll look at the headline for a minute. But I mean, I used to fill my entire day with news all day long, but I'm having more encounters now when I 
aced out the news, most of the news, 98% of the news. So thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the donate today button. Let's jump in. Um, The first thing on our list we were going to talk about is God's uh, plan to turn each nation. And so, yeah, I mean, well, you see what's happened with this overturning of Roe versus Wade, the shedding of innocent blood that gives the demoniacs power to, to, you know, grow in, in, in their, in their power. So it's like when you start seeing people standing against, you know, the uh, shedding of innocent blood, when you see people coming into agreement with it, you know, that abortion is, is a murder. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I understand there's these situations where gals could, could be raped and then, you know, all that. And what do you do? But I mean, when you just look at it for, from a biblical perspective, it's, um, it's pretty easy to see that there's curses that are allowed to stand um, that lead to the destruction of a unified nation when, when, when there's the shedding of innocent blood. Mm-hmm. And it, that's why the enemy wants to create as much of that as he can so that there would be legal right to gain access to divide our nation. But what God's doing uh, is he has this plan to turn you know each nation to him. So he's got this plan. He's already gauged out the timeline. Um, you know, he knows the end from the beginning. So he knows exactly where we need to be. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but what we do know for sure is that not only is God's plan made, which gives me a lot of comfort, because if it was not made, then there's almost a little insecurity. Well, what's going to happen? But knowing that his plan is made actually can provide us a whole lot of comfort to be able to have peace and rest in him and trust in him. When you watch fake media, what happens a lot of times is because they're promoting the spirit of fear's influence. It starts to mess with people's minds. It's called mind control. And if you look at wrong things, the eyes are the wind of the soul. It causes us to process life um, through either hope or hopelessness Um, through, you know, depression really comes from not having hope. You know, fear is, a spirit. God wants to love people so they're not susceptible to the damage of believing the lie of the spirit called fear that he did not give us. So there's something about just recognizing, man, God loves me so much. I can't believe how much I'm loved. He loves me. He's never going to change his mind. His love's unconditional. And just pouring in the love, you know, is once we get filled up on the love because we've received it, then we can easily then give it out. But we have to get to a place where our heart is just so surrendered to, you know, receiving from that constant flow of the river of his love that we're easily able to be victorious in our thinking so that our actions will follow suit. You know, I've heard myself say it many times, and I I mentioned this on the show the other day. It's like I used to say, God, I must be a hard case for you. And I really believed that when I said it. I must really be a hard case because I keep, you know, silly little things or doubts come back in, or I was really pushing forward. And now all of a sudden I'm not pushing forward. I'm not pressing in. And I was, and I must be a really hard case for you. And then Lord began to just reveal to me, that's all he's ever worked with is imperfect. You said it a minute ago, you're never going to be perfect or something like that. When he's done the Psalms 139 over every one of us, which is I, every day was laid out before one of them came to be, he wasn't laying out days for perfect people. He was laying out days for imperfect people that he knew in advance where you would screw up. Yeah. Right. He knew in yeah. advance. It was all, and yeah. it was all, everything became father filtered. Once he did this, then I'll do this. And then, you know, yeah. so I uh, talk about that for a minute about the frailty 
Yeah, you almost have to you almost have to recognize Jesus is grace because the Bible says the law was given through Moses. Grace came by Jesus. So if Jesus is grace personified, then we'd never be afraid of grace. And then grace becomes the fuel that empowers us to live righteous. People are so afraid that if you talk about grace, that you're going to lead people astray uh, because then now it's licensed to sin. But grace was never meant to be a license to sin. Jesus didn't show up with a, a license and give it out to people and say, here, you you should go sin now because I'm grace. No, it was more like, hey, you know, grace is not a license, but it's who I am. And when you know who he is and how he loves us and how he's compassionate and kind and caring and he's long suffering, he's he'll stick with us. You know, he's he's patient. Uh, it's the goodness of God that really leads us to the place of repentance where we're like, gosh, I'm not going to really put my emphasis on my own self effort, which is filthy rags and gross. Instead, I'm going to receive this gift called righteousness so that I could never boast that I performed to earn it because I wasn't born when he did it. And now I'm just going to live for him in response to the goodness. My heart stays in a place of repentance. Now I just want to please him. I want to respond to his love. I love him because he first loved me. Now I get to participate. I get to go out and seek and save the lost and, and bring him an offering. And I love that about him is he's not looking at what we did wrong and then judging mm-hmm. us from condemnation, but he's looking at where we missed it so he can help us to be perfected yeah. by him, the perfector of our faith. What about, I want to, this, uh, we were talking about Roe v. Wade and every time, <laughs> uh, this is a special thing he does with me over the years, over a couple decades, three decades now, because when this started, when we begin to celebrate the victories uh, in the pro-life, which we are now rightly so celebrating. Yeah. He, we, God had made it clear to me that many times the world, yeah, those who have had abortions and sometimes those in the church who have had abortions begin to take our rejoicing as condemnations towards them because we use the word, it was abortion is killing children, which it is. Abortion is murder, which it is. Right. Yeah. So, so he began to talk to me every time we were celebrating uh, success in the Roe v. Wade or, 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 or in life versus death don't forget those who are now feeling all the more condemned by us and you know it's not that our we're not condemning them no as much as they're feeling condemned um and where god showed this to to us we did a prayer not a one of those 100 mile or 10 mile chains where we were stood on the street and it went all through portland oregon up vancouver washington all this the same metroplex and we would hold up signs abortion kills children and god loves yeah. you know mercy and all that my wife in those days was as a nurse at the hospital up in uh, OC, OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences okay. University. She was a nurse up there. And she happened to be over. She's quiet, so she's not out there, you know, yakking like some of them. You know, she was just doing her nursing job, and she's hearing out of her ear. And, she, and someone says, I don't know why they're saying that. I don't, I don't kill children. I didn't do this. And this person was upset because she was driving by had never had an abortion in her life, but was pro-choice. And here are all these people hiding, holding up a sign. And she was feeling condemned. 
Yeah. I mean, what kind of thing would God sh- share, would you want to share right now about that area? Well, and how well make- number one, in Romans 8, it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so a lot of times people are feeling condemned because the accuser's job is to condemn us. Yeah. But God doesn't operate from guilt and shame and condemnation. I mean, that can be the byproduct of walking in um, active sin is people, the wage of sin or death, the gift of God is eternal life. So he's offering us this, this gift and say, hey, you're righteous, you're holy, you're pure. Um, but I think what happens is that when people feel condemned, it's because they're responding to the voice of the stranger that God commands us not to follow. Now, if you read on in that Romans 8, it's like, therefore, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He set us free from the law of sin and death. What the law was powerless to do, it was weakened by the sinful nature um, Christ did, right? He offered himself as a sin offering so that the righteous requirements of the law would be fully met in us who this is a big piece who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit so when you don't live according to the spirit but you do live according to the flesh or the desires of the flesh the lust of the eyes lust of the flesh the pride of life when you live um you know when you live wrong, there's automatically going to be a sense of guilt, shame, condemnation. And that's where people are actually condemning themselves now. And the person who comes with the truth actually seems like that person's putting it on them, but they don't realize they actually put it on themselves when they participated in perpetual sin patterns. So the Lord in his justness comes who loves mercy and says, oh, I love you. I see you and I have compassion towards you. Come and follow of me leave all that garbage the worldliness the you know the the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh the pride of life all that self-exaltation and 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 self-reliance and come and be a god-dependent servant and i will give you the desire of your heart that i myself put in you to reward so he put this desire in us for great things and he himself wants to be the fulfillment of that purpose but people have to learn to pursue him and yield to him so they can begin to flow with him because the spirit of God, he said he pour out of our bellies rivers of living water. There's something about when the water is alive and when you have good, clean water. I mean, that's a gift. I was in the mountains last week and I drank some water from the stream. That might be why I was feeling bad in my in my um, stomach. And I'm like, man, you got to make sure what your source is of the water because some water looks good and it's not. And so you have to be careful. Like we ask the Lord about everything. Like, is this a place I should go? Is this a person I should spend time with? Um, and sometimes the Lord will say, no, I, I want you to come away with me. I know, mm-hmm. no, don't answer the phone right now. And you st- just learn to be sensitive to the spirit and how he leads. Um, but yeah, he's purifying, Steve, the, the bride. That's yeah. what he told me. He said, right now, more than ever before, he's actually purifying his people. And you're seeing pastors being yanked out of their positions. Some of them are gladly leaving because of the challenges and the resistance that's come against them. And um, and so, you know, a lot of them are just done. They're just tired of it. And so then there's new ones emerging. Um, I've been working with young people lately and raising up some young pastors has been on my heart. So I've been taking them in the mountains and discipling them and training them to be successful in ministry because. I know I'm not going to be pastoring uh, at the church forever. So I want to make sure that the the work can continue um, by some very confident, 
uh, and competent uh, lovers of God that are yielded vessels for the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you about, because I'd seen in your notes, you're talking about some uh, people being exposed, leaders yeah. being exposed, not necessarily only pastors. There's all kinds of other leaders. No, worship yeah, leaders and government and leaders. leaders and, yeah. But I mean, oh, yeah. I'm talking about even within the church, there's all these leaders. But we, mm-hmm. it's probably somewhat easy for us because there's new exposures like the Hillsong and all these different things that yeah. begin to be publicly exposed. But right. I couldn't tell by the way it was written where were some people's simply divided hearts that they were never meant to be a pastor if if that was the case, uh, that they never really had a love for the people, that they never really, and are, is some of that just the only exposure that would happen and God would yank them out, but not to just punish them, but to bring them into something that was their call? Is there that kind of exposure that your heart was never in this? Steve well, I don't like think that, that I don't think it's like that. I think you know some people could have entered it with the wrong motive, okay, and then become purified and got right with God along the way. And then there's okay. people who could have um, entered with the right motive, but then they made deals with the devil along the way that they're going to tone down the message, that they're not going to talk about you know um, same sex, they're not going to ad- address some of these important um, you know sociological issues in our you know the society needs people to stand up and speak the yeah. truth. You know, if we're trying to build a bigger con- congregation, it'd be easier to do that if we tickle ears. Um, but the Lord didn't come to just inform people. He wants to bring demonstration that brings, uh, you know, the transformation. And without demonstration of, you know, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, uh, I always tell people, like, if you go to a church where there's no miracles, no signs, no wonders, you're not seeing disciples um, be made, you know, disciples intentionally to produce discipleship. Because if you just make disciples, it's not enough. We, we have to Train people in our churches, um, train people how to make disciples who make disciples. So you train them not just how to obey everything God commands and how to hear the Lord for themselves um, and how to, you know, operate from the spirit and bear the the fruit by operating in the gifts, which is so important even to be a follower of Christ. Um, you could talk to many people today who are active church members. They, you know, they, they tithe, whatever, they're, they're consistent, and that's all really good. Um, but at the end of the day, if the church isn't operating in the gifts of the Spirit, they're not going to be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And it's more of just a kind of a, you know, it's, then it's like a country club. So it's like God's yeah. taking over the church, you know, just like these states, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, it's not over. He told me he's going to start flipping a bunch of states, a bunch more are going to be added. This is exciting, uh, you know, because part of the defilement that gave the enemy legal access to our nation is is some of these yeah. issues uh, like the, the shedding of innocent blood, giving him access. So if we shut that gate, my goodness, we'll start seeing awakening at a whole nother level. It'll be super powerful. And every Every church should have a goal, not just that people would, you know, come to church. You know, I mean, I love that when people come to church and they come to our gatherings, it's awesome. But if we're there and we're just having a meeting, like just to get through it and kind of talk about family business and here's a little bit of scripture, but just enough to make you comfortable in your sin on the way to hell. That's not okay. We got to teach full surrender brings the full surrounding. If you want to be anointed and carry the the yoke breaker uh, anointing, the breaker anointing doesn't come on a non-sacrifice. We have to teach full surrender, uh, feeding actively on the word of God, who's Jesus. And hearing the voice of God is a huge part that I think is missing because pastors are afraid if they teach people to hear the voice of God, that people will start saying they heard God and it's not God because, you know, uh, yeah, they've they had will. That It'll be messy. It'll be messy. It'll, it'll be, be messy. That's what the problem. Think, they don't okay, want it. 
I just want to grab something you just said and say, all right, now <laughs> dial down on what you just said. What in the world did you mean God is not, the anointing does not come down on a non-sacrifice? What well, do you mean means, by that? Well, if the Bible says it, it, the, the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing actually is 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 so important because, I mean, it's what separates the, the form from the, from the real power. And you, if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, then how can you even follow Jesus? You know what I mean? So you can't do the works of the ministry. Like you they, you have to have an anointing to be able to cast out demons, like to fulfill the great commission, to heal the sick, to cleanse the, the, the leper, to raise the dead, which these things are still happening on the earth. And so, so where's um, the you know, where does the sacrifice come in? Well, the person, so. the Bible says, present okay. yourselves, your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing. This is your reasonable service. So That's to reasonable. follow Christ, we're going to give our lives to him. And then our bodies being presented to him as a living sacrifice, you know, resisting the devil's easy. You just actively pursue God and it makes it simple. And people sometimes complicate it because a lot of leaders don't even get it themselves. And they're up there just trying to pump out scripture to appease people. But the transformation cannot happen without people understanding, uh, you know, how to operate from the power of God and from the anointing. So there has to be an anointing to break the yoke. Problem is people aren't teaching surrender. And, you know, an altar call really shouldn't just be like, feel bad about your sin and you've been terrible and you better come forward and make it clean and get right with God and clean yourself up here. No, it should be like, I'm, I'm not living for myself anymore. I tried that and I almost died. And I decided I'm going to live for him. And so I go all in, I hold nothing back. I'm yours, God. And that it's not just pick up your cross daily thought by thought. You can yield to the Lord and you will carry the anointing. Cause he said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh in these 10 times, which he's doing. The anointing is what he gives us and the surrounding is, is, is according to the measure of our surrender. So if we want the full anointing, we got to give him our whole lives and not try to incorporate yeah. him into our lives. So, um, uh, you know, the sort of the left brain teacher part of me then is drilling down just a little bit more and it's kind of going. So if someone is yeah. going, if your thing is, Lord, it just doesn't seem to be any power in my life. I pray there doesn't see the people I pray for don't get healed. I don't get healed. Then diagnosing that might be a matter of the Lord saying, or at least hearing in your mind's eye or however you'd say that. But the Lord's saying, how's your living sacrifice coming along? You know, are you living? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you go, oh, well, what do you mean? Well, are you just kind of living for yourself? Or are you kind of like, did you resist here? And did you resist this there? And did you resist there when you could have? Oh, yeah. no, I guess I didn't resist there. Well, there's the living sacrifice. There yeah. you go, right? And there's and it's, it's probably a, where the power it's it's about the heart too. Like if our yeah. heart is surrendered, we're going to want to do what he says. And every yeah. time you respond to him, you yeah. actually start tapping into the supernatural. So that's good, Steve, what you said. I think, I think if more people just yielded more often, uh, like we said last time on the show, the Lord told me, he said, Nathan, your yield is like an open sail that attracts my wind. In other words, the wind won't even come to help you get moving and have supernatural progress unless I see your willingness. So he, people are trying to get God to reward him for sitting on the couch. And he's like, no, I need you to get moving because faith without works is dead. So faith that works is when somebody gets up and says, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to act well my part today. I'm going to take this day, 
this isn't my daily, you know, bread. He gave me a word. That's the food for my spirit. And I'm simply going to respond today because tomorrow's not guaranteed. I was out on the boat. I remember I told you the fishing story. There's such an urgency um, on this gospel message that everyone should have coming out of their lips. It's for the believer, not for the evangelist. It's just like intercessions for for the believer. It's not for the intercessors. So when I was out on the boat and I asked the Lord for a big fish, remember that story? And I said, Lord, it's been a while. Tell it again. Well, I said, Lord, I'd really like to catch. I was preaching across Kauai. I did some tent meetings and preaching in some of the churches there in Kauai. Beautiful. Princeville is gorgeous. And uh, I was over on the Poipu side and I was preaching across there a bunch of meetings. And I remember um, thinking, man, I'd love to go deep sea fishing as I'd never caught a marlin and I'd really love to catch an ahi. So I'm talking to God because I'm a son and I'm like, hey, God, you know, I'd love to be able to get out and go fishing and I'd love to be able to catch a marlin and a big yellowfin tuna. That's what I asked him for. And he goes, "Okay, I'll set it up. Well, (laughs) the very next day, specific things. Yeah, he prayed for those two specific things. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. And so the very next day, um, I asked my host um, who bought Will Smith's old house. He was hosting me. So I was in Will Smith's um, old house, you know, the actor. Oh, yeah. And um, and so that's where I was staying. It was really nice. Big saltwater pool and the gorgeous mountains of Kauai behind me. The setting was beautiful. And um, anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, so what do I need to go fishing? And then my buddy says, well, you know, you might want to take some, uh, some of these motion sickness pills. You take them before you go to bed. You know, based on your weight, you might want two. Well, I just took one. But I woke up that next morning and I felt so bad. I felt sick. I didn't want to get on a boat. I'm already, I was already feeling bad. So I didn't want to get on the boat. So I told him, I said, just call the captain and tell him, you know, I'm sorry, but I I don't feel good. And I don't want to risk it and go out to sea. Um, If I'm already not feeling good, it probably could be worse out there, you know? And so then I went back to bed. And so he went out fishing while we're having breakfast later in the day. And I'm up and we're, we're just talking and the phone rings and he's like, oh man, he goes, I just lunked into the biggest Marlin of my life. And he says, it was so huge. I brought it up to the boat and it went all the way along the boat. And he goes, I couldn't bring it in. It was hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Whoa. And he goes, man, I really needed your friend to be in the boat today. Cause that's the biggest Marlin ever. And I go, wow. wow. And so then I was like mad. I'm like, Lord, what's <laughs> up? I mean, I asked for a Marlin and a big tuna and I mean, here you, and he goes, well, Nathan, you prayed that fish in, but you didn't get on the boat. See, this is a big revelation. I didn't get the fish because I didn't get on the boat, but I prayed for that fish and God teed it up, but I wasn't in place to receive the blessing of the Lord. Yeah, because you know, if I'd be in your life, I'd be going, what you said, you go, God, what's going on? I would have got on that boat, but. You didn't heal me. That's what I'd be saying. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm just being real here. But I, yeah. I mean, I, I hear your message, but you're saying uh, is is the lesson here that you should have gotten on the boat, even though well, you the Lord, the Lord, the Lord was teaching me. Listen, yeah. if you pray something in, you got to partner with your own prayer by okay. taking action when I when I invite you into something. So then I felt bad. And then I almost was tempted to condemn myself. Like, I'm yeah. so stupid. I should have been on that boat. That was my fish. Instead, I just said, Lord, I'm sorry. 
thank you again. That's just an acknowledgement, yeah. which is like um, it's like a confession that brings the cleansing. But then you just go on. So then the next day he said, hey, you want to come out, you know, today because I've got one more day. And I thought, well, I'm going to be preaching every other every single day and some, sometimes two meetings in a day. And so then I'm like, this is the last chance I'm going to be able to you know, go. So I said, well, yeah, I'll go. But this time I'm not taking those pills. So I trusted God to keep my body without taking the pills. And, you know, I did great. Um, it was sure it was a little queasy, but I was focused. Yeah. Anyway, we were out there, Steve, for four hours and 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 I had caught nothing. We had caught nothing. The captain had caught nothing. We Whoa. we were getting skunked. And I said, Lord, what's going on? He says, Nathan, I asked you to lead the captain to me. And until oh. you do that, you are not catching any fish. Jeez. So I said, so I said out loud. I said, hey, man, I said, God asked me to lead you to him and, and for you to get right with God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And he said, we're not catching any fish until I pray with you and you respond. Wow. And I said, would you like to pray with me? And he goes, OK, because he didn't want to <laughs> get skunked. I mean, this is his livelihood. He's a professional uh commercial fisherman and he wants to catch fish. So he was motivated. Right. So then I just said, here, say, I said, say this prayer, say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I repent and I confess my sin to you. And I ask you to be my Lord and savior. I invite you to come in, fill me with your Holy spirit and baptize me in your passion and fire and your Holy spirit. I forgive myself and every other person through the blood of Jesus to remember those things no more. And he prayed this prayer and he got right with God. And I'm telling you, Steve, within five minutes, I lunked into a 133 pound yellowfin Augie oh tuna. It's the oh biggest. Oh, there it is right there. You guys oh, found it. I guess they found it. Wow. They found it like that. It doesn't even look big in that picture, but it was 133 pounds. Wow. The other picture you guys have, if you still have it, is bigger. But that is the biggest fish I've ever caught. It was 133 pound yellowfin ahi tuna. Comes right out of the water. I mean, and that thing was a fighter. It was the most fun I'd ever had fishing. The guy got born again. And yesterday, Steve, yesterday, my friend called me, my friend who hosted me. And he said, Nathan, I just wanted to let you know, you remember my friend that took you out on the boat when you guys caught that big tuna? He says, well, he passed away yesterday. And I just oh, wanted you to know that he's gone. And I go, wow. He goes, I thought you would want to know. And I said, yeah, I did want to know. And then you know what I felt in my spirit, um, Steve? I felt in my spirit, the Lord saying, I'm restoring the urgency and the joy of the salvation that people have when they receive Christ. He's returning us to the revelation of the joy of our salvation and the, and the urgency that we must all carry about the preciousness of one soul coming to Christ. There's no greater call than to be a soul winner. He said, he who wins souls is wise. So I can't walk by dying people, people who are on their way to hell, which is a real place that God desires that none perish, but he came to give us life and life abundant. And so I, I want to just say, if you're not actively winning souls, start simply taking steps of faith by just saying simple, learn from people who do it. Learn from me. If you want to watch my videos, I mean, I'm always training people to move in the gifts, to bear the fruit. And you can't do that without being a soul winner. And so I'll, I'll tell stories that inspire people to go, Oh, that's how you do it. You know, it's like, Hey, do you know Jesus? I'll just ask people, Hey, do you know Jesus? And I wait and see what they say. I was on the way to preach down in Santa Maria a few months ago. 
And there was a lady in the seat next to me. She didn't want to talk. I could tell that. So I didn't say much to her, but I just said, hey, I said, uh, uh, you know, I said, what's your name? And she told me and I said, well, you know, Jesus really loves you. And he told me to tell you that he doesn't condemn you, but wow. that he actually loves you. And he's looking at you and he's smiling and he wants you to know that. And she just goes, well, I'm lesbian. She just goes, I'm lesbian. And I go, okay. And it was like, it was like, I dare you to judge me like all the other Christians. Every other believer in Jesus said, oh, those people go to hell and all this. And I just said, look, Jesus is amazing. And I said, and you should get to know him. You can actually learn to hear his voice. I love to write books on the topic because I've seen how much fruit comes out of people learning to hear his voice for themselves. And there's layers to the onion. You almost have to peel off all the blockers and get the activators in but man that that gal gave her life to jesus Did she so that she prayed to receive she got born again at the she moment got, yeah within okay. within the flight she received christ and was i didn't over i wasn't overbearing once she saw i wasn't going to judge her all i had was love for her i had compassion for her i asked her about herself so i was interested and not interesting and I said, well, what kind of work do you do? You know, she told me a little bit about her military background and, and I thanked her for serving the country and I was very respectful um, and she felt honored. She didn't feel dishonored. She felt honored. She felt loved. She saw that I actually genuinely cared. I didn't have this weird sense of, you know, for my own religious pride to try to get another notch on my, you All know, right. salvation and, belt, you know. Nathan, when, so, because I'm going to say that, I'm saying it to myself, so did you just let that, whole lesbian issue go because that wasn't yeah, the because point right you know, now. It wasn't yeah, the point. Yeah, you can't expect sinners to not sin. I mean, that's what yeah. sinners do. Sinners sin. There's yeah. a whole bunch of different names for the sin. But if we start judging them for their sin before we show them the goodness of God, I mean, the goodness of God is that he died for us as we were yet sinners and that we all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So let's not deceive ourselves into thinking we're holier than thou, right? Mm -hmm. So I just said to her straight, I said, well, you know, God is so good and he's so gracious and he's so kind and so loving and full of mercy. I mean, that's what's so great about him. He's so good. Like he yeah. loves you. He loves us too much to let us stay the same. So he takes us along in a journey to get to know his love. It's the most amazing thing ever. And I said, I didn't know that I was, I grew up in a religious home and I was always being taught to read the scripture and quote it. And, and I just knew enough to be dangerous, but I hurt people along the way because I was judgy and hypocritical. And nobody wants to be talking to a religious talking head that's prideful or arrogant. Right, it right. turns off the world, you know. But if we say, you know, God really loves you, and then we watch their response, people will usually kind of open up and they're like, want to know, well, what kind of a church are you Are you a part of? And sometimes they're just trying to box you into yeah. a certain preconceived notion about a certain ideology so that comes from a certain... What you tell them at that point when they go, what kind of church are you part of? How, what, how did I you go, I just love Jesus. I just say, I love, I just love Jesus. I mean, Jesus saved my life. I was a wayward preacher's kid and I was doing everything wrong. My life was just full of sin. And I felt so bad about my life and about all my bad decisions. And I got so miserable in doing what I thought would make me free that I just decided life's not even worth living. And I tried to kill myself. I, I hooked myself up to the exhaust pipe in my surfer van wow. and put a garbage bag over my head wow. and I almost died, but my van ran out of gas. So I'm alive right now talking to you because my engine ran out of gas. And then God stepped in at my last breath. He literally stepped in, saved my life and said, now that you're broken, I can use you. Will you live for me? And I started to 
turned my life back over to God. And I realized I didn't really know him. Um, like many people had talked about, he's, you know, it's a relationship. Well, that just went over my head. I heard it a thousand times. It was mm-hmm. a cliche to me, but I wasn't really getting it. Like, what do you mean it's a relationship? You know, it's a relationship. So I talked to God sometimes when I needed something, and but I didn't really know God like as a friend. I didn't learn to hear his voice and respond to him um, because of what he'd first done for me. And that, that made all the difference for me. And so I wake up every day excited now. And I mean, it's just an amazing thing that we get this gift of life and who knows how long we're going to be here. I said, so we got to learn to live well and you can't really live a, a full life without knowing why you're created. And that's where we need to know our creator wow. because he loves us. And wow. she was just like, she just kind of like totally opened up. She was telling me about her, her girlfriend that she's living with and all this stuff. And How do you respond you know, when she tells you that? What, what kind of people? Well, I mean, it was, what at do you first, say? At, at first I was kind of like, you know, like, I don't really want to hear this, but then the Lord's <laughs> like, no, just listen to her because listening to her, you're, you're validating her as a human being, as an, as a person. And you're not, and you're not like, you know, being quick to try to fix her, which is what pushed her away from relationship with God in the first place. So instead of trying to fix her, feeling like, feeling like a false sense of responsibility, like I got to get her to say a prayer. I just said, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. And I really think everything's going to change. I, I'm really believing that God's going to show up for you and that he's going to reveal his love. Is it okay if I just say a simple prayer? I mean, nobody wants to be subjected to a long drawn out religious prayer that's out loud, making somebody yeah, feel right. insecure, or uncomfortable. But so I just said it real quiet. I just put my hand on her shoulder, you know, a little point of contact. And then I just said, Father, I just bless this one. And I thank you for her heart that she's such a sweet person, an honorable person. Lord, wow. she's been serving our country and fighting for our freedoms. Lord, we just bless her. And I just pray your peace upon her. And I pray you bless and grace her relationships and her family. I said, here, you know what? Say, just say this. Well, she's already experiencing the love, which is the goodness of God that leaded her to repent, which is to change her mind. I guess religious people or people who love God aren't all bad. And then she just goes, okay. And she, so she prays the prayer, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, she says. So she came out of Catholicism. She knew that wasn't right for her. She's like, she remembered doing a lot of, you know, religious things. Yeah, just a lot of rituals. She just knew that wasn't a good fit. She didn't feel like there was an authenticity there. And I know there's some born again, spirit filled Catholics. I'm not trying to come against Catholics, but but she needed to hear that she's not condemned Romans eight. She needed to know that she's loved uh, apart from what she's done because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory. And man, when you come from that place, that, hey, we're the same, that we both sin, we both fallen short. I'm not thinking I'm better than you. I don't think I know everything, um, but I do know this. God loves you, and there's no way you can mess it up because his love's unconditional. That means no condition. You don't have to perform to get his love. He just loves you because he loves you, and he performed on the cross before you were born, proving it had nothing to do with your performance. So now he just wants you to receive this gift. So here, I'm going to pray this prayer, and everything's going to change. Are you ready? Here, just say wow. this. Say this. Lord wow. Jesus. And I've just learned how to respond to these people. So on the airplane, I'm always like, even when I don't feel like talking to people, cause I've been preaching, you know, like I just came from Minnesota and I'm preaching, I'm active. Um, but the Lord all of a sudden gives me a strong desire. And then he'll show me like that person right there. I just need you to speak love, speak life so and good. pray for her. So, so I, just you know, I don't have to say this. I'm going to have you pray in just a minute here, but I have a similar, uh, uh, not the same, but it's different. And there's no two things that are the same, but 
yeah. I began to be friends with a, a lady who then revealed to me that she was a lesbian or at least had lived that lifestyle. And she was a yeah. Christian. She's a Christian. Oh, yeah. So she yeah, was yeah. a famous Christian. Wow. And I, I, I won't say what she was famous for because it would, might reveal her, but she was a famous Mm-hmm. And she had been heroic even in, the, in, in, in saving people's lives. And then she was in this lifestyle. So the church condemned her, condemned her, condemned her. And God just said, just be your friend. So she's yeah. still a friend of mine on the, on the Elijah list. She has been for yeah. about 20 years now, wow. 15, 20 years. And God never said, now you set her straight. So whenever, once in a while, I'll write, how are you doing? And she'll tell me this. And she never brings up anything. I, I, she may well have left that life. I couldn't tell. She didn't volunteer, and I didn't ask because God said, just love her. And yeah. that's where we are. So that's even within the church, you have to be a little careful because they're in process, too. I don't know. What are your thoughts yeah. about that? Well, yeah. I mean, just recognizing sanctification is a process. Like, yeah. not everybody's going to be perfect. There's different degrees of sin. There, there's different degrees of rebellion. There's different reasons why people are the way they are. Um, so having some discernment and just walking close with the Lord will help us to understand people. Um, I like to ask questions to get to know and not just assume because I'm a prophetic person that I know everything because yeah. I, I don't, yeah. number one. And also because you can be wrong. And so, but if you ask Ask some questions. It also gives people a chance to be validated as a as a as a human being that is worth something, right? They're valuable to the Lord, so they should be valuable to us. And um, just caring enough to to hear someone. So, well, tell me your story. Well, like, you know, so you know, you find out where they're from, just chit chatting. And you know, I've I've found so so many times that people actually want to just be understood. And so you listening to them could be the very most important thing. But I've also yeah. seen where I just walk around and I'll lead people to Jesus just walking around town. I mean, I went fishing the other day, Steve, over in <laughs> eastern Washington. Yeah. And we wanted a guided fishing trip. We went into the sandwich shop and the Lord said, lead those those two guys behind the display. Lead them to me. And there's people around. But I just said, hey, t- I said, hey, you guys are doing a great job back there. I don't know how long it's been since you heard that. And they were like, oh, it's been a while. And they looked at each other. And I go, well, you guys are amazing. I said, you know, the Bible says that Jesus, the son of man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. <laughs> and I said, you guys are showing Jesus right now. And they're just like kind of a little bit weirded out and looking at each other like, whoa. And I go, I go, yeah, man, Jesus like loves you guys. And the way you're serving is amazing. And I can feel that grace for hospitality that's on your lives. So thank you so much. It was just Jeez. a sincere compliment. And then I go, you, I go, you guys can I pray a prayer for you? Just a little blessing. They're like, okay. And they kind of shrugged their shoulders again, looking at each other. And then I did my buddy's with me. He's a CEO for another company. And, you know, he'd never been out with me during the day, you know, but he wanted <laughs> to treat me to a fishing trip. Well, I thought, well, I better show him what I do. Cause that's pretty normal for me to do stuff like that. So anyway, I go here, guys say this prayer. And all of a sudden the last customer leaves the, the, the business in this like sub shop or whatever. It wasn't subway, but it was a nicer place. But anyway, um, and I go here, say this guys, I go say Jesus. Right. So they go, Jesus. both of them. <laughs> yeah. And then I just led them to the Lord right then. I had only been in there for, for two minutes and these guys are both receiving Christ being filled with the spirit. It was amazing. amazing. And, and you know amazing. what happened? We went on the boat, we went out fishing. I caught, I, I prayed for a big fish. I prayed out loud. God wasn't giving me a fish. I said, Lord, I came out here to catch a fish. I just, I don't need a bunch of fish. I just want one huge rainbow trout. That's all I'm asking for. And the <laughs> Lord's like, okay, lead this captain to me. 
Well, he just told us he's Jewish. He's not a Christian. He didn't seem at all interested when I said, oh, praise the Lord. He's just like, whatever, you know. And I go, dude, I go, you know that the Jewish people were the chosen people of God. Like Jesus came to his own and they received him not. I said, but there's something about knowing that Jesus is more than the rabbi, more than the good teacher, but he's God. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father, for I'm in him. He's in me. And I said, he just loves you, man. And he goes, well, thank you, man. And he was kind of like a little bit like weirded out by it. But when I prayed, the Lord said, pray out loud and I'll give you a fish. So I go out loud. I go, Lord, I go, Father. I said it just like this, Steve. I go, Father, I pray for one huge trout right now in the name of Jesus. And I receive it by faith. And my five seconds, one, two, three, four, five, brown, brown, my pole on a fly rod on the Yakima (laughs) River where we bought land. And that fly pole just goes brown, brown. And I catch this 19 and a half gorgeous trout. And it was like one of the biggest ones that they've ever brought in. And he goes, he goes, I can't believe what I saw. I've been doing this 20 some years. I've never seen that before. I go, well, what have you never seen before? I know you've seen a lot of big fish. He goes, no, no, no. I've never seen somebody pray out loud in the name of Jesus. And then five seconds later, catches the biggest fish of the day. He goes, that never happens. He goes, I can't (laughs) even believe this. And I go, that's because Jesus loves you. And he wanted you to see that when you ask things from your father who loves you in heaven, they not only does he hear your prayer, but he will actually do it. And he told me to acknowledge, acknowledge him before men and don't be ashamed of him. In other words, he asked me to acknowledge him out loud. So I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Right. Because he desires to give his children good gifts. How much more your heavenly father is that? So I just quoted the scripture and thank God publicly. But it was in that moment where seconds, about five seconds. The pole goes down. He thought I was joking. The CEO thought I was joking. They both were astounded when I brought in this giant lunker. And so there's something about us acknowledging him before people so that they will know that we stand for God. And that's what this nation needs. We don't need to be politically correct. We need to be in the face of a dying world with the love of the Father. So good. So good. Nathan, under this anointing, just go ahead and pray for the people, whatever God gives you. Uh-huh. you know, that's amazing. I, my faith oh, is way Jesus. up there. Yeah. Okay, we just think three people got saved when I just went fishing. And the Lord's like, I will make you a fisher of men. Anyway, <laughs> Father, we just thank you for all yeah. the people that are going to get saved and healed and delivered. Yeah. Uh, Lord, even families and friends right now, we just pray adoption on their souls. I pray that every single person who's watching this broadcast, those who are sharing, liking, watching on replays, whatever the scenario is, that they would get touched by the power of your presence, that you would transform each of us from the inside out, and that we would carry your heart, your zeal, your passion, and your fire for those who are lost, hurting, and broken. Lord, the dying world needs you. You're the solution to the Mm. political landscape. You're the solution to the pain and the problems, the blames, the stains, all of that. We pray you to heal every wound, every sickness, every disease. We command to loose the people and get out. Lord, fill us. You can pray this with me. Just say, Lord, fill me. Fill me, Lord. To overflowing. Overflowing, Lord. With your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. And baptize me. And baptize me. In your passion. In your passion. And your fire. And your fire. And your Holy Spirit. And your Holy Spirit. I receive you now. I receive you now. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. I'll live for you. I'll live for you. I'm all in. I'm all in. 
I hold nothing back. I hold nothing back. I'll do my best to respond when you ask I'll me to do, do things. I'll do my best to respond when you ask me to do things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I know some people got saved just now. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Well, hey, and some yeah, of yeah. you, you need to send this um, program to your buddies who are fisher, who love fish, who love fishing. Yes. So you got to hear this. Even if you listen to the whole thing towards the end, you got to hear a couple <laughs> good fish stories. That's amazing stuff, especially if they're unsaved, they'll love it. And even if they are saved, they'll they'll know how to lead other people to the Lord. Well, well these stories are important. They well, I was going to say, these, these stories actually unlock the revelation, and it's when you receive the unlocked revelation and you begin to place that into an application that you actually see the reproduction that comes from uh, the application of those things. So it's like, okay, that's what he did, so that's what he does, and that's what he'll do again. So he's no respecter of persons. If you hear about what God did, just pay attention to the, the way that he did it. It's like I said I said, because the Lord said, you're not catching any fish till you lead that captain to me. I didn't know he was going to die. That captain died in, in Kauai. He's no longer on the earth as of yesterday because I led him to Jesus. He's, he's, I'm, I believe he's in heaven, right? So it's like, and then those three guys, I mean, those two sandwich makers, they were just minding their own business, trying to get through their day. And they were kind of like in more of a mocking phase when I started, but they saw I was actually sincere and that my faith in God was stronger than their resistance against him. So they received the Christ that I carry. And so there's something about us bringing the gospel wherever we go and not playing games. We're just all in. I want to do what God says. And then you get to this place where you get into a rhythm with the Holy spirit and it's inspiring. And we can just walk in this place and learn to hear the voice of God. Learn to hear the voice of God. It's a big, big deal because if you don't hear him, you can't even follow him and be Christian. So we have to learn to oh, hear man. him consistently. And of course, we know there's several ways to do that. Yeah, so good. So good. Anything, anything you want the viewers to know? Anything you're doing next? Or well, anything? just, I mean, Awaken the Planet was postponed so I could do another major conference, um, but we're still doing Awaken the Planet. So if you guys signed up or you want to uh, participate, just go and check out on the website, awakentheplanet.com. Uh, we're going to be updating all the new information will show up. Uh, of course, we just got a new building with a seven and a half acre parcel of land by the ocean uh, because God said, leave tomorrow morning. If you leave in the morning, morning. Uh, there's a property I want you to see. And because I didn't, I didn't leave in the afternoon, I left in the morning, like what he asked. Uh, we actually were able to purchase a really amazing, like building. We got a facility right by the ocean, which was a prophecy I got eight years ago that had just come to pass. So if you're waiting for the fulfillment of a promise from the Lord, don't lose heart. Hope deferred can make the heart sad, but God will heal that. If you'll trust him, you just say, Lord, heal my heart from any damage of hope deferred. And you'll begin to believe again, because if God gave you a word, it's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, if you guys are partners with us in ministry, thank you so much. Like uh, just from the bottom of our hearts, you make this stuff possible. Like I'm sent all over the world. Um, I don't depend on a, on a love offering to go to a nation or I wouldn't go to many of the places I go or very poor places. So um, it, your partnership is actually enabling me to, to jump on a plane, to travel That's and true. for my expenses to be covered. So I just want to thank you for doing that. And then, of course, I have a book deal right now. We're offering with the books. Okay. Go, go tell um, By the way, it's uh, it's Nathan French Ministries or what? What's your yeah Nathan French Ministries right under my picture there. We put it right there. <laughs> yeah, okay. if you write that down, that website right there, you can get. I'm I'm not just giving out one book. If you partner with the ministry, you get this book, which is 365 pages roughly. 
this is It's Not Meant to Be a Secret, Unlocking the Door to His Voice. Uh, powerful book. I, I know that this book will uh, transform you from the inside out to hear the voice of God for yourself. Um, this is kind of a trilogy. So this one's also equally thick, uh, just a, an incredible book. Um, continuing with a lot of these faith stories that will just promote uh, your ability to do the same thing. Because I just believe if God can do it in one, he can do it in another. And speaking of one, here's the newest book that we just released, The Power of Unity, uh, another incredible book. It's almost a thousand pages of just packed uh, content, very well put together. Um, I believe this this series is going to be um, a best-selling series. And I mean, basically, if you partner with the ministry, you just go to the website, you can sign up if you haven't already, and you will be blessed. And you get, you're get you not just getting the one book, you get all three of those powerful books on hearing, not just the written, but the spoken word of if God. I'm right, uh, I haven't got to read them yet, but if I'm right, aren't they filled with a lot of the same uh, additional stories like what you're telling today? Yeah, I mean, there's stories? thousands of faith stories, but yeah. these aren't made up stories. These are real life. Life uh, giving parables from from today. Some of these things God's done. It's like everything that I share in these books is just this is what God did. And this is what God will do again. I don't want to show my fish. I want to teach people to catch fish for themselves and to be fishers of men. And so they're all geared around, you know, God said, do this. You know, you, you need a house. I'll tell you the house story. You, you know, you need uh, you need a breakthrough in your finances. Oh, my goodness. I can. Those books are full of breakthrough finance stories. You know, the Lord told me he's given me land. Kat Kerr had a word lately. He's, people are receiving land from God. Steve, we've purchased like nine properties, wow. nine properties, and it's the grace of God. We've been able to do that. I'll tell you why we could do that, because the Lord would speak like the ocean property. We just bought the building to, to launch another revival center, yeah. and we'll put in a house of prayer and a healing center. Um, and I just love that this is going to help build that whole community that doesn't have many Holy Spirit-filled churches and yeah. Aberdeen and Hoquiam. And anyway, long story short, uh, you know, when you read the material, it'll like a peeling back of the layers of an onion. It will unblock the, the hearing so you can clearly hear the voice of God. There's activators by revelation, you know, like um, I, I, most people don't even know that the spirit called unbelief is a big ear blocker. Pride is an ear blocker. Humility actually wants to be led by the spirit that he knows everything. Um, so there's there's things that will open the ears, things that will um, unlock the revelation to be able to hear his voice. And I bring you through the steps and exercises to be able to actually train your ears to tune to the tones of heaven. And so I believe if you sign up to partner, and not only will you be blessed just connecting to oh. the grace that's on the ministry, but you're going to be really blessed as you go through and unpack this revelation revelation and that's really what it's about really, so really praise god nathan thank you so much hey happy Love fourth of july to you and happy fourth of july to everybody coming up we will see you the day after the i'm fourth. going to the airport to get, i'm gonna get in my plane that was given to me steve oh, all right yeah I, you sent me I'm a going that. There. i love that i know i know i can visualize it because i've seen the photo of it so yeah awesome. my seed plane it's the seed plane all right well god bless you have an amazing weekend love all you guys watching have an amazing weekend bye-bye love you steve bye This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.